all the Adobe plugins while they last and the videos will automatically start playing for you. Um, they're adult, so I'm going to go back and move to this. You can check out that side of me and my friends, get a subscription, make a donation, or uh, just enjoy the free content. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for that. And as you can see, the Adobe thing is ending soon, so I'm in the process of transitioning the site so that it'll work across all platforms, which actually I was working on already. So your patience is appreciated there also. Um, so anyway, you can also check out the Naked Truth pages there, the Living Water Chapel pages, and get an idea of what it is we do here on the Naked Truth. And that is go over the gospel of Jesus Christ, exploring the spiritual side that I believe exists in all of us, um, I know it exists in me, uh, whether you believe it or deny it, I believe it's there. And for me, the root of it goes back to hearing what Jesus has to say on any given topic. And that's because I self-identify as a Christian, and I think anyone who calls themselves a Christian should let Jesus get the last word on any given topic. Since your whole faith says you believe he came to bring us the message directly from God and to save us, why would you ignore his message and accept someone else's? That'd be foolish. So anyway, and it'd be against what he tells you to do, as a matter of fact. So anyway, uh, that's what we do here. And to pick up where we left off, where we are in the book of Luke, um, chapter 20 was where we left off at. And um, this is the passage that stood out to me the most from that reading. Um, let's see. Jesus answered and said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore. But, uh, let's see. For they are equal to the angels and are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. So Jesus is letting us know a few things here. There is a hereafter that not everyone will make it to that same place because he says only some will attain that age. Not everyone will. He tells us in Luke 16, some will go to Hades, some will go to another place that another place at the cross he calls paradise. So two different places, but also that John the Baptist was reincarnated. So that's another possibility for some just a list of the different things that Jesus went over um, as far as what can happen to diff what happens to different people when they pass away. And then and the Bible gives examples of some people who didn't pass away at all. Um, but here, the other thing Jesus is, um, that I thought stood out among Jesus' teachings that is ignored and often undertaught and actually directly con uh, contradicted in churches is this whole thing about thinking that once you die, you and your spouse are going to be together in heaven too. Uh, even if you were together 50 years, that's just not the case. Jesus says, makes it very clear here that if you even make it to attain that age, that once you do, those who do aren't going to be um, involved in marriage or anything like that at all, um, but are going to be like angels. And, and so that means that that whole marriage thing, it is just a contract. It is just a an agreement here on earth that has changed over the millennia whether you want to accept it or not it even changed in the bible so um just some interesting things but you can read more about um it and go over that reading and um the last chapter if you want to check it out while it's available here on twitch and until i update the website uh so anyway that's what happened in luke chapter 20 we're going to pick up now in luke chapter 21 uh let's see if you'd like to read along. Alright, let's see. 
Oh, and I think I didn't mention it. Oh, that's the red letters are what we focus on because those are the only words in the Bible that are quotes um, attributed to Jesus. So if you're a Christian, that's who you should listen to. It makes it kind of easy. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So here you, um, they're in the temple. So people, it'd be like being in church, and people are giving their offerings. And then so Jesus is noticing here, according to the writer, how people there were um, making their donations. Um, but a, one of the people who made a donation was noted as being poor. And also a widow, meaning, you know, she's uh, lost her man. The And back then, it'd be her, generally their means of support. And for many people nowadays, it's still that way. As crazy as it seems, it's still that way for a whole lot of people. So he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. So Jesus is now, Jesus is now comparing what people have donated to um, their religious convictions. Um, some have given a lot. And the poor widow only gave two mites. But Jesus is saying those two mites would be like a couple of pennies or a couple of dollars or whatever it is. It's meant to express that it's only a very small amount, especially compared to what other people are giving. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. So Jesus is saying the fact that she didn't have as much to give Whereas the other people who have plenty to give gave plenty, but it's because they have plenty to give. Um, she still managed to give even though she had very little to give. And he's saying the fact that she's still, her focus, even though she had, is poor and a widow, doesn't have a man and doesn't have any money. She's still focused on doing what she can to forward the whole um, approach to God for other people in that she's supporting the temple. And Jesus is saying, or synagogue, and Jesus is saying in her doing that, in her support, in her um, showing her um, support, even though she really doesn't have it to give, that that means, that shows that she's doing more than those people who gave a lot. Because she really didn't have it to give and she still was considering what her relationship, what her contribution to God is. Um, I, so um, Jesus is drawing comparison for us to see. Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, These things which you see, the days will come not, in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So um, there's a couple of things here. Some This has already come to pass, for one. That temple is gone. It was destroyed in about 70 AD, just about around that time. Um, records aren't perfect. Um even though that's a science and that's part of science, it doesn't claim to be perfect. It always, it's, it's always correcting itself. That's the whole nature of science. It's not locked into one belief like a lot of people will be with their dogma and uh, pseudo-Christianity. But anyway, here Jesus is saying here that um, a time is coming, and he's telling them this, the disciples, that... Um, uh, it's going to be destroyed and like I said it's already happened and the, the, many of the disciples witnessed that some of them had already died by then Judas for one um, had already died by then but some of them surely had witnessed it otherwise this prophecy wouldn't have made sense for him for Jesus to tell them that so when some preachers tell you this hasn't happened yet obviously it's happened the temple is gone and since they haven't rebuilt one yet 
and maybe once they do, that temple will be destroyed, and then it'll then this prophecy will align with it. Then, but it hasn't happened yet, and it's been almost two thousand years. That's not to say it won't or it can't. Um, in fact, this president is um, trying to is is doing is closing up with the um, that nation's leaders. So it's very likely that and they've even named a strip after him, um, an area after him. And of a, after our president, so it's very possible that this could happen. But if you're looking at history and at what Jesus said, then it's already happened, and that temple has already been destroyed. So um, this has already been fil fulfilled one way or the other. No matter how you look at it, even if they build a new temple there, that may align with some other prophecy that other people may have made, like in the Revelation, perhaps. Um, but it certainly wouldn't align with this one because it, he said they're going to see it, and it already happened. Um, see so that was the first prophecy the destruction of the temple but now notice that it's more than one thing they're asking about here now they're going on to the end times um, so when some preachers will try to conflate all of this and say that it's all one it's not all one there's different prophecies being given there are different prophecies being given here by Jesus so just notice that uh, excuse me So they asked him, saying, Teacher, bro, when will these things be? And what will what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? So you see there are the disciples right there asking two different questions. One about when will those things be, being the destruction of the temple that he just talked about. I mean, what else could he possibly be talking about? But not just that. They also ask about uh, what signs will take place, when, or, or you know, what signs they can look for when those things are about to take place. Um, so these aren't end time prophecies yet. Uh, and he said, take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the time has drawn near. Therefore do not go after them. So it's crazy, sad, amazing. But this is the very first thing tell, Jesus tells them to do. Is to not be deceived and that people will come in his name. And um... And um, saying that they are him. Basically false preachers, false Christ. Um, not an antichrist singular, but false Christ people plural. Many different ones in other words. And what you see here also is that um, even though Jesus told them to beware of this, they still fell for it. Because right after the crucifixion and ascension, after Jesus was gone... That's when Saul comes into the picture saying he'd seen Jesus in the desert and changed his name to Paul and had a whole different other message that ended up hijacking a lot of the message that Jesus had to say because it doesn't match anything Jesus had to say. And that religion and that uh, faith, that um, distortion of Christianity lives on today with a lot of people following it, billions even around the world following it, uh, maybe millions, maybe not billions millions for sure billions uh, as far as Christians but that particular sect of Christianity and that'd be like the Holy Roman Catholic Church that sort of thing that whole religion is based on what Paul had to say and what Peter had to say very very little of what Jesus actually had to say if you go when you boil it down to what the teachings are and and what the actual words are and when you see here Jesus is letting them know that was what's going to happen. The first thing he warned them about, and yet they still fell for it. And people still fall for it today. Rather than focusing on what Jesus had to say, they focus on whatever whatever preachers, 
preacher had to say. Even if it's a preacher in the Bible, if it's not Jesus, and you're a Christian, then why would you put that above what Jesus has to say? But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first. But the end will not come immediately. So next thing Jesus tells them to be aware of is um, disturbances, peace disturbances, disturbances of the peace, war. That's what he's telling them to be aware of. And in, again, when the temple was destroyed, that's what happened. They were surrounded by an army and besieged, and many of them starved and ended up eating their children to survive um, and make it through that and then still didn't make it because it ended up still being the city being taken, the temple being um, destroyed and only the only thing left now is what's called the Wailing Wall and that wasn't part of the temple that was a part of a wall that was in the area so when people tell you that that hasn't happened yet because that wall is still there, that's that wasn't the temple, that's not what Jesus said that's part of a wall that was there in the area, not part of the temple and so this prophecy has already come to pass about the not one stone upon another and being torn down. The temple was destroyed. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation. So Jesus also warned them about basically about the Romans um, surrounding them because that's who ended up doing it. The Italians, the Romans surrounded the city and besieged it and took it. And um, so he's warning about it. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. So Jesus is saying here um, more about the things that are going to happen, the destructions. So some people will try and say when Jesus comes again, he's coming peacefully and prosperously. And they'll try and say that um, prophecies of destruction, that um, apocalyptic scenes like from movies are just movies. Clearly, they're not just movies. Jesus just, Jesus just said it right here that there would be great earthquakes, and we know those can lead to tsunamis. We've seen those, but those are also nothing new. Those have been happening since before people walked the earth, almost certainly, since there are plates that shifted in various places. And famines and pestilence is also nothing new, unfortunately. There, Jesus said, the poor we have with us always. And pestilences, those are diseases, basically. And we see there's a new one there now, COVID, that the world is dealing with. Some a lot better than others, with a lot less resources, by the way, than others. As America supposedly the richest and uh, most has the best everything and yet not doing the best. Oh, sad. So anyway, the pestilences, that's the diseases, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven so that could mean a couple of things the fearful sights could be um you know um shooting stars or exploding planets or uh black holes finally being spotted and appeared not just theorized as they've been um, but an actual one we can see and that's another thing you should consider for all the billions spent on space programs why is it all we get our grainy actual photos but if you want to see animation, they've got animation all day long. Billions of dollars for animation makes no sense. If you're going to spend billions of dollars, there should be crisp, clear photos throughout the universe by now. They've been It's been going for decades. And the best you can do is beautiful animation. It's beautiful, but for all those prices, shouldn't we have, I mean, actual photos, actual video footage by now? And not only that, if you're able to look that far into what's believed to be the past, since they science believes it's looking toward the past when it the big bang and all that 
if we can look that far, then shouldn't we be able to look someplace a whole lot closer uh, and zoom in on it like a third rock from another star that's closer and be able to see people walking around on it easily with video like everyone can see and not deny it? just makes no sense how things are so backwards and and so much waste and corruption. Anyway, um, so Jesus is saying all these things are going to be signs at the end and the other sign from heaven could be UFOs and like I said, it may sound crazy, but even the armed forces of the United States has admitted that UFOs exist. Or what was it? The exact words were uh, unidentified uh, aerial objects or something like that. The same thing with different words, a distinction without difference. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you. So this lets us know again, this isn't talking about the end. This is talking about the times most likely when the... Um, temple was destroyed and when the disciples were martyred killed murdered by the governments at the time or the religious uh people at the time and um killed so it's leading up to then giving them specific prophecies that they can look forward to it wouldn't make sense to for jesus to tell them about the internet if they aren't going to be around to see it so why would he be telling them about end time prophecies at that point when they're not going to be around to see it uh, before all these things, oh, um, let's see. Before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. Um, so again, that's the persecution and trials that the and he said before all those things. So before the temple was destroyed, so let you know, many of the disciples, like I said, were murdered at that point. One committed suicide. At least one committed suicide. And at least one made it through it all and uh, retired, or at least made it to old age. What would be considered old age by nowadays standards anyway. John. Um, so anyway, and uh, most of the rest were killed. So this is prophecies for them, it seems to me. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Um, so again, it was all about, I, and I believe it was all so that they could give their testimony as to what Jesus did, his nativity, his message, most of all, and um, the fact that he was crucified and resurrected. I think that's the what well, that's what the purpose was for them specifically, and what it was leading up to here, what Jesus was saying. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for would be joy. Oh no, testimony again. So it's so that they could go through it through what they went through so that we could have what we call the Bible now compiled uh, a compilation of what happened with Jesus what he said what he taught who followed him that sort of thing that was what it was about for them for them and for then so that the Bible could be uh, put together basically therefore settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer so again this is the message for the disciples not for us it's for the disciples who are delivered up to those synagogues they call them synagogues of satan in revelation but delivered up to those synagogues to give a testimony to say what's all this we hear about jesus basically and to document what each one said and to pass that on and document it so that we could have it to read today um, that was the point of what I believe what Jesus was saying that all of that's going to be for testimony so that the Bible could be formed and passed down and so that be believers to come would have it as a document to look back on unfortunately like I said it gets swallowed up by bad religion also in the Bible because um, and it's left to people to look for the truth um, themselves whether it's in the Bible beyond the Bible or what 
For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. And I say beyond the Bible because it's not all the books that um, are testimonies of what Jesus did and said and taught were made it uh, included in the Bible. They were deliberately excluded from the Bible and not taught. So that's why I say and also beyond the Bible because the Bible has some truth in it, but it's not entirely uh, it's not an entirely true document historically or spiritually. Because there are lies in it and contradictions. There simply are. You'll be betrayed even by parents. And brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. So Jesus is letting them know what's, um, what lies ahead for them. That not only will they be arrested and tormented by the government. But that also it's going to be so that they can make a statement, a testimony to Christianity basically. Um, and um, in the process, they will also be betrayed um, by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will basically be going through some of the same things Jesus did, and that's what he even asked a couple of them. A couple of them, when they were clout chasing, asking him that in the hereafter, in heaven, in the kingdom, can they sit on his right and on his left? And Jesus was like, "Well, can you go through what I went through? What I'm going to go through?" Basically, he asked them. Can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink is how he phrased it. But it was the same thing. He's asking, can you do what I'm going to do? Basically the crucifixion. And they say, yeah, we can. And they ended up getting it. But then he told them, well, you're going to get it. But you're not going to get those seats that you asked for. So that's another reading anyway. And so, so anyway, and you'll be hated um, by all for my name's sake. So Jesus is letting us know that if you truly are um, following what he has to say, you're not going to be popular, people, because most people aren't going to, uh, and that's period. That's just how it is. Um, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. So a lot of preachers will twist this to say, oh, not a hair of your head will be harmed. They won't be able to do anything to you. That's not what it says. It doesn't mean they won't behead you. He's saying it won't be lost, meaning just like he says all your hairs are numbered. That means God pays attention to every last detail of it is of those who follow him like a sheep with his shepherd or a shepherd with his sheep you're going to pay attention to your sheep if one gets a thorn in its foot if one is lost if one is lame you're going to pay attention to it um but it's up to the sheep to follow it's up to if you choose to stray somewhere else why would you expect the shepherd to still be keeping an eye on you you've gone somewhere else um so anyway jesus is saying you're not going to be liked for this message people aren't going to accept it um, but don't worry about that because God's paying attention to you and not even a hair of your head is going to be lost um, by your patience possesses your souls. So I think Jesus is saying there in your willingness to wait, in your willingness to let God act, in your willingness to be patient um, and not just do what you think is what you ought to do or what you think is best or what you think is right, but patiently seek what it is um, Jesus says. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. So again, Jesus is letting us know, this backs us back up to when they were surrounded. That he's not talking about the apocalypse, the revelation end. And notice none of that stuff is even mentioned here yet. Nothing about horsemen, nothing about ten, seven plagues or seals or bowls or any of that stuff. 
None of that is mentioned. So I say that because the book of Revelation itself is in, uh, the authorship of it is in question because it's clearly not John the Apostle because it's not written in the same style as he writes. It's definitely not John the Baptist because he was beheaded even before it got to that point unless he had some sort of revelation before he was murdered. Um, so it's most likely some other John that it remains a mystery. But even so... To not shoot the messenger, if you just look at the message, the message itself doesn't align very well with what Jesus actually says. It seems more like um, someone read the Old Testament, and or they probably didn't call it the Old Testament at that time. It's the old te the Bible wasn't compiled to like 1611. So whatever they read at that time, scrolls or scriptures, it seems to me that's their interpretation of what those scrolls are saying the end time is going to be like and what it's going to point to but maybe it was a revelation the bottom line is it doesn't align with what jesus is saying here um and that lets us know this isn't the end he's talking about anyway this is what he's letting them know is going to happen to jerusalem to the temple and to them as far as them being betrayed arrested and whatnot um, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. So know then that that was it is about to be settled. Then it's desolate means empty, uh, alone, single. It's going to be done then. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. So he's letting us know here that that's what happened. The city was surrounded. People couldn't get in or out. Food couldn't get in, or get, in or get in or out. So people got desperate. And this is what Jesus was pointing to. So this also has already happened. So when preachers try and tell you, you're going to look forward to that. So make sure you have five months supply of food. Have five months supply of food anyway if you have it like that. But don't do it thinking that they're going to seize you and you're going to still have access to that five months supply of food. It's foolishness. It doesn't make any sense. Um, for these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. So Jesus lets us know there that it's a limited time, it's a period where that's going to happen, um, and that it's for a purpose, that things will be fulfilled. And again, this has already happened, the temple was uh, sought, and the whole religion that the Pharisees and Sadducees um, tormented Jesus with while he was alive uh, when he walked the earth in the flesh however you want to look at it before the crucifixion that whole religion also ended 70 73 AD around that time so um, again that lets you know it's not talking about now it was talking about then a prophecy that they could look for forward to then and you should use that to know that um, it, you should use that to help affirm your faith I would think to say that again Jesus knew it was coming he warned them about it and it happened but all to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people so he's talking about those people specifically the people in Jerusalem and woe to the babies thing because if you read in the Old Testament when that happened in the past when they were attacked and besieged but then even also in the future when people get desperate enough they do things like cannibalism, like eating their own children, like even eating the baby out of themselves uh, like as soon as it's born. And even now, people will even eat the placenta out of nutritional things for the baby and for themselves. Um, and as crazy or gross as it may seem to some, it's actually an ancient tradition to do that. That lives on to this day. But um, 
what Jesus is saying here is that um, it's going to be dangerous times. And again, it was pointing to those times. And, and there are stories that um, I think in Josephus is and in, um, talks about when uh, Jerusalem was surrounded and the sort of desperation that people went through and how they resorted to cannibalism. But also in the Old Testament, you can read about the same things happening. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So Jesus has brought us up to the time of now, basically. Because after the temple was um, destroyed, it wasn't built again. And although the city is still called Jerusalem, that area has become over the millennia of... Uh, over the centuries um, controlled by a whole different religion that is also mentioned briefly I believe in the Old Testament um, that has the sign of the new moon and even in the Old Testament there's a prophecy that says now a new moon shall devour you and your heritage um, in the sense it's come to pass that that whole new moon that whole religion has devoured that whole area and it's in dispute now. That's why there's not peace there now. That's why there's wars there now. That's why there's division there now. The area, just like Jesus said, is being trampled by Gentiles. And Gentiles is not an insult. It just means someone that's not Jewish, not Hebrew, um, not Israelite. Um, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth distress of nations. And with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring. So this is the one passage that does kind of sound like something that is in Revelation. But you see Jesus dedicated one verse to it, or at best one passage to it. Whereas Revelation goes into a whole big story of stars falling. Which, I mean, also could be the same thing. And it could just be a more in-depth vision of it. But um, it seems to me if, if what Jesus is talking about here or in Revelation would probably be the could easily be um, letting us know the sort of season where it will happen where these things will start to happen and we know that annually there are stars that fall so maybe it'd be around like the the um, geminid meteor shower or during the um, some other sort of meteor shower that happens throughout the year maybe it's like that um, Maybe that's what Jesus is pointing to as far as trying to pin, let so that we can sort of pinpoint the time. But even if not, what he could be talking about is the regular earthly distresses, tsunamis and earthquakes, tornadoes and hurricanes, and human footprint, thumbprint, uh, carbon footprint on everything, just destroying everything. Um, and the perplexity part. That could easily be it. The plastics, that's very perplexed, and it's definitely choking off the environment. The sea and the waves roaring. So Jesus is letting us know there also that natural disasters and signs basically will be taking place. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So this seems to be moving past the destruction of the temple, past the disciples being martyred and killed, or at least most of them. And um, past the whole um, city being besieged. But maybe not. Let's see. Then they will see the Son of Man. So yeah, this is past that. This is taking us to the end now. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So after that whole period. after the, it, it seems like Jesus would have mentioned more 
uh, maybe he did and it's just not didn't make it into the Bible like some other books it seems that one of the greatest prophecies that anyone would give would be some sort of detail about the Holocaust that would be unmistakable something about ovens something about the the tattoo numbering on people the starvation or even the areas where the, the, the killers were coming from or how it's lived on with foolish neo-Nazis who claim to be right-wing conservatives but they follow the uh, something called Nazis which was USSR S as in socialist it makes no sense people are just so stupid and will just fall for anything so how is it you're going to be right-wing conservative whack job that thinks the world should be this one way but you don't realize what you're thinking is based on someone who was a socialist completely stupid but people are ignorant like that and do dumb stuff like that all just to feed hate and but it's all out of ignorance and then one of the ones that aren't out of ignorance who are playing people just out of their foolishness and their ignorance like the like the president plays his poor stupid bass that refuses to listen to his own words they don't even have to listen to anyone else if they just listen to him he said it himself that he's a liar and that covid is serious and real and people around him have died and they're still stupid enough so you know at some point maybe that's what they're meant to be to be that locust army that just follows him right into a bottomless pit now when these things begin to happen look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near so jesus says once these things start to happen that that that's what jesus is saying um this is jesus's version of revelation so again nothing about bowls being poured out nothing about seals being broken nothing about trumpets being blown none of that none of that at all and then right here he says what you will see is jesus coming in the clouds with power and great glory so that's the version of revelation that jesus gives us in the gospels so again very different from what you read in revelation and absolutely different than the malarkey that paul cooks up in the teachings that he has about a rapture and being caught up in the clouds and in the sky and all of this stuff nonsense none of that is what jesus said now um so jesus says when these things happen that's when you look up that's when the end is here and that's when your redeemer that means the one who can save you um is near then he spoke to them a parable so this is um to help us understand a bigger picture idea he breaks it down to something someone simple like me can get excuse me he says look at the fig tree and all the trees simple enough look at the trees and specifically a fruit tree but also all the trees when they are already budding you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near so we made it just about through summer now this would have been like when the buds are popping out and the fruit is starting up here that sort of thing so you also when you see these things happening know that the kingdom of god is near so jesus is saying just like you can look at a tree and see the bud pop out then suddenly you see the strawberries or you see the bud pop out and suddenly you see the peaches not long after that he's saying just like he's just like you see the one thing and you know the other thing is right behind it do the same thing with what his teachings are he says when you see the city surrounded then you know what's going to happen next is it's going to be trampled by the gentiles when you see the disturbances in the sky and the disturbances in the earth then and the other things he described then know that he's coming know that that's what's going to precede his coming so when preachers try to tell you the generation of the fig tree and all that 
that's what he's saying. He's not saying that we're figs or a fig tree. He's saying just like you can look at a fruit tree and see when it's about time for it to blossom, bud, and harvest it. The same way you should be able to look at the signs of the times and see what's happening when. You won't be able to time it perfectly any more than you can perfectly time a garden, but you can get an idea of the seasons. Surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. So Jesus is saying, this generation, this, this era of humanity, the generation of people that lived um, that have lived here on earth basically until the judgment is what I think he's saying. He's saying that won't it won't pass away until all his prophecies take place. And he says all of them. So we've checked off some of them already with the temple being destroyed, the disciples being killed, Jerusalem being surrounded, uh, Gentiles trampling it now. All of those things we could check off because that's where we are now. It's like I said, it's under control by a different religion who root, whose roots are have the same um, parents. Abraham, at least on that part, parent then. Um, anyway. So um, Jesus is saying his words are going to stand. And unlike many of the words in the Bible, and you can read them yourself, they don't. Some things change and some things absolutely contradict each other. The food laws, just for instance, we start out being told basically to be vegetarians in Genesis chapter 1. Very, very beginning, chapter 1 verse 30. But then you see after the flood, suddenly anything that walks is on the menu and acceptable so there are contradictions and then you read a little further to leviticus and then suddenly no you can't eat anything that walks and no you're not limited to vegetables but then you are limited to all these other sort of things that people have cooked up so there are contradictions whether people want to admit it or not they are and so they don't stand whereas jesus's words are limited they're only six and generally i haven't found um other than asking you shall receive, that's like the only contradiction that really comes to mind for me. Because there's so many things I've asked for. And honestly, some of them obviously haven't happened. But other other things, they end up happening. And they happen when you least expect it and in ways you don't expect. Um, but anyway, just something to consider. But Jesus is saying, um, you have to separate what he says from what the rest of the stuff people say. But take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. So he's talking about a specific time that day, that end time. That, and since people, all, even the disciples, all died at different times, I think that day what he's talking about is that judgment day, that day where you meet your maker, or at least pass on. Because again, in Luke 16, there's no mention of meeting God at all. There's a mention of dying. And going on from there, there's mention of passing and going on from there to another place by Jesus. But no mention of coming in contact with God at all. And already the judgment has already happened, it seems instantaneously, because the next shot of the people who pass away is where their judgment uh, leads them. So it's different than what people will preach to you and what teach, teach churches say, but it's what Jesus said. And again, if you're going to try and keep it straight in your mind, go by what Jesus said. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. So that moment, that judgment, it's um, a surprise 
unless he's talking about that in he here he's probably still talking about yeah because he must be still talking about the second coming that moment will come as that um surprise to everyone and most likely it'd be a surprise now because most people don't even believe god exists watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man so we have the example of what to pray for with the lord's prayer when jesus gives us that it's called the lord's prayer but it's the our father who art in heaven that prayer um that's one example of what to pray for but then you see here another example of what jesus says to pray for is to pray that you'll be counted worthy not only um to make it to heaven and in the sense of standing for the son of man that's what it's referring to um rather than fall or pat fall away but also to be counted worthy to escape all those things to not uh, be caught up in the tribulation of the torment of those things so those are the things to to pray for and i think that first part most likely almost certainly while not exclusively for the apostles had to be also for them because like i said most of them were killed and tortured and stuff only one uh, john i think is the one that comes to mind um escaped those things so maybe he was the one that was faithful and did pray for this and got it um anyway um so jesus is saying that's what to pray for pray that they'll escape those things we will escape those things those torments and to be able to stand before jesus when he comes again and in the daytime he was teaching in the temple but at night he went out and stayed on the mount mountain called Olivet. so that's the mountain of mount of olives as it's called throughout the bible then early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him so um people were attentive to what he had to say they'd come to church basically to hear him and hear what he had to say clearly they weren't being fed with what the churches synagogues temples were teaching and were caught up by what he said because they had an ear to hear it anyway that ends this reading i appreciate you checking it out with me and hope you will join me again it's wednesday so i'm gonna end this one here and begin again with the book of john chapter 21 in just a moment and um we if you'd like you can join me saturday nights after midnight for where we'll pick up in the gospel of nicodemus didn't make it, it didn't make it into the bible but it's incredibly interesting and gives details beyond what the bible um does and for whatever reason it didn't make it in there um and then also matt mondays where we're going with the gospel of matthew in the meantime thanks again wash your hands wear your mask and love your neighbor thanks again peace